What? I can't just open it. I have to make him wait a while. Then he can wait outside. Josh, please. Come on, Josh. Come on. What do you hear? She's not ready. <clears throat> Hey, man. Nice pile of bricks you got here. You drink? No, thanks. I'm cool. I'm not offering. I'm asking you if you drink. You think I give alcohol to teenage drivers taking my daughter out? Hey, man, the protective vibe I dig. What's with you, kid? You think the death of Sammy Davis left an opening in the Rat Pack? You're not letting her go out like that, are you? Cher, get in here. What's up, Daddy? What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. It looks like underwear. Go upstairs and put something over it. Dad, I was just <laughs> going to. Hey, you. Anything happens to my daughter, I got a 45 and a shovel. I doubt anybody would miss you. everybody, and welcome to the Nightfly Podcast with your host, me, Dave Joskow, on a lovely October Tuesday. What is it, the 16th? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm in L.A. when you're hearing this. I've already, I'm there now, unless there was a, a horrid plane crash. Obviously taping in advance. Can't believe I just jinxed myself. But you know what? Maybe I'll be better off. I'll be out of debt. You know, there's good ways to look at that kind of stuff. All right, what are we getting off the wrong track again? Oh, my God, I'm an idiot. Well, here we are again in October by myself, taping in the dark again, just like the Nightfly with jazz and conversation is supposed to. Yeah, like two months of no guests because Dave Jessica isn't ready to, what do you call it, uh, accept company? What, 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 what's that word? To... Uh, Oh, I can't think of it. Isn't it from the Glass Menagerie or something? Uh, oh, oh, Dave Joskow knows about the theater. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm not prepared to accept guests. I mean, I, I will be. I will be. But, um, yes, anyway, I was just, um, I don't know, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about either way. Um, I'm, um, I've just been so miserable lately. Uh, and yet, uh, I don't know, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, the hair... Still bothering me, you know. I still got the staples. Uh, by the time you hear this, they'll still be in. Uh, and then next week, when I record, they'll have just been taken out. So who knows what's going to happen? But uh, I don't know. You know, it's uh, back to my bald self again for a little bit of time. And you know, I like it. It's funny. I don't mind being bald now that I know it's well. It's just going to work out. You know, I don't know what to expect. I don't even care. Still, don't think I made the right move. Haven't. 
pay, made any payments yet. That might hurt a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see. Meanwhile, I, I think I got to get a new job. This one's not working out. I'm telling you, this promotion, it's a disaster. It's a disaster in so many ways. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. You know, for years, this was a this was a temp job for me. You know, I mean, I know it's been 18 years of this one job, but every job that I've had like this has been a temp job. You know, until I made it in the business, which clearly isn't going to happen, you know. Uh, so then you would think that one would be like, well, let's, uh, you know, if this is what I got to do, this is what I got to do. But the thing is, I mean, if, if I'm going to take a job, I should take like a real job. Now, I know I'm too old to actually get a real job at this point, but there must be something I can do. Because if I'm going to take a job and just kind of quit comedy, then I, then I should take a job. Like, I should get a job. There, there must be something I'm qualified for, although I, I can't think of anything. I, I, I think that could be the issue. Uh, and, and, you know, being a 50-year-old a, a white male in this uh, town, and it, it, it's, a, it's a good time to be alive. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I think I I, this, I I feel like this job is 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 I know we talk about it all the time, but I feel like it's killing my soul. I can't concentrate. Well, they they now they now they they took away my office, then they took away another office, but then they said they're going to give me this other office, which my old boss used to be in, which is really well. There's just no other word to say. It's fucked up. They're going to kick my boss out of her office on taking that one. I mean, it's messed up. It's like the movies. Uh, do I feel bad about it? Not really. I don't care. I just don't want that office because even though it has a window, which is phenomenal, it's a horrible office. Uh, it's kind of funny that I'd prefer to have an office that doesn't have any windows, but I just feel like I'm out of the way and it's sad and lonely and um, I'm just, I'm really just miserable about it. Really miserable. And, um, but I can't stay where I am either because I can't concentrate on anything. So I have to move, but I think I'm, I really think I'm going to start looking for another job. Um, you know, I'm, I thought maybe they were going to fire me, which I think I'd prefer at this point, but as I keep making mistakes, like, so last night I went to go see Pretty Woman, and I'll tell you about that in a second, the musical, and I got a, like a email from the COO, and she wants to have lunch on Friday, and I was, it, it ruined the whole night for me. I, I can't live like this. This is no way to live. It's just, I, I know I breezed through the past 18 years. Where I had it very easy. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to sit around and go play. I could go to Tommy Bahamas. I, I never drank or anything, but I just hang out. It was socially good. And, and now the job's gotten real. I mean, yes, 18 years of, of nonsense, but it's like, you know, what am I saying? I'm, you know, in my 50s, I'm like, well, I don't want to get serious about anything yet. When does that happen? I mean, I guess I have to be, but it's just, I don't know. It's just a transition period, I suppose. Maybe it'll blow over, but I am going to look for something else. I'm going to talk to some people, maybe meet some people. I don't know. This isn't working out. I'm not happy. I'm not happy going to work anymore. I used to love my job. I used to enjoy going to work, and now I don't. Uh, once I got rid of my boss, like right enough to see her every day, I became very happy. Because uh, I hated her. I didn't have any respect for her. I don't hate her as a person. First of all, having a female boss is like ridiculous, right? <laughs> it's like a joke. But seriously, oh, it's like, a, you know, of course, how can you respect the female boss? Meanwhile, this, you know, this lady comes in here and uh, I do have respect for her. And I think that's why I'm uh, very uptight when she gets angry at me. I, I feel like, uh, you know, my mother's getting angry at me. 
Uh, which I, you know, I don't really care if my mother gets angry at me. It's, I actually have more respect for this woman than I do with my mother. I don't know. I don't know. And and it's 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 freaking me out. I just can't. Um, I'm not getting anything accomplished. So. But the thing is, um, also, I just called Jeff Ross and I was going to, you know, tape some stuff at his house this week. And again, once you're hearing this, I would have already have recorded it. But, um, he, you know, last time I went to L.A. and I recorded, I went to the studio in Koreatown. It was OK. Uh, nice people. And he was like, oh, no, stop that. Get your money back. Tape at my house because he has this, you know, podcast recording studio in his house. Uh, but then I just called him. He, he doesn't have anything. He has a couple of mics. He, he doesn't have anything to record onto. And he's like, well, you can call my engineer and pay him a hundred bucks. I'm like, well, I could do that in the other place, but I don't mind even paying him. But then his engineer didn't know what I was talking about either. I'm like, well, I have a computer and I play clips. He's like, yeah, just send me the clips. And it's like the other people, they, they, they don't understand. I must be the only podcast. In fact, I'm going to go on record saying I am. This is the only podcast that plays clips while it's happening. Because I am a true DJ, hence my initials. I play clips while it's happening. I say, hey, how about this? You know I do. I'm the only one. Everybody else puts it in post. I don't have time for nonsense. I like to enjoy uh, when we're around and we're all listening together. Because everybody has a podcast where you're just talking and then you put in clips later. Who cares? Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do the same thing? I like to play music when I play clips. Uh, you know, new sports news, whatever it is, is it uh, like the way Howard Stern does it? Duh. Oh, he's good. His form of doing stuff has been pretty damn good. He runs his own board, which I found out when I was there doing the wrap up show, which was kind of fascinating. And that's what I do because you know we're old, we're old radio DJs. All right. Yes, I only did mine in college, but whatever. I like having the computer in front of me so I can play whatever clips I want. You know this. And this guy is like, what? Oh, we usually do it. Saturday, you know what? Why am I wasting my time? Why don't I just go out there and have a good time? Forget about the podcast. I mean, it's a bummer. I'd like to have Jeff on the podcast. Maybe we could do it. I don't know. But then, then we're talking about bringing all this equipment that I have, you know, which is not, not that big a deal. But if I had stuff lined up, Maybe I'll go to his house. I'll check out the the, the, the design or, or whatever. Maybe next time I'll go out and I'll figure it out. This is a weird one because, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, I've already been to Sarah's party. Remember last year, got into uh, a big fight with the cast of New Girl. Really let them have it. This time I'm going to try and not get too drunk. Well, last time I was doing shots with the bartender. This time I'm not, I'm not going to get that drunk because i got to wake up early on Sunday because I'm inviting, you know, my, my usual... Uh, guest of my friend Andrew Hirsch, who got us in touch with David Katz from the uh, Carney Awards. Uh, we meet at Barney's Beanery at 9 a.m. on Sundays in Santa Monica. It's my favorite thing to do. I leave Sarah's party, whatever, whatever I'm in town during football season, whether it's for Sarah's party or not. Uh, I go to Santa Monica at 8 o'clock. I try and get there at 8 in the morning. I walk around a little bit, the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, you know, I'm an Atlantic Ocean guy. It's very exciting to see the Pacific Ocean. Eight o'clock in the morning, you know it's always nice. Then at nine o'clock, Barney's Beanery opens. Me and my friend, we get the first seat. We're the first people there. And this place is disgusting. It smells like vomit. It's gross, but I love it because it's right in the pier. And then at 10 o'clock, the games start. We space out our breakfast and maybe I'll have a drink. Uh, Sometimes I, I don't because I'm too hungover. 
Uh, but my friend Andrew doesn't like when he talk about throwing up, so I can't talk about that next. I can't throw up. <laughs> I mean, I didn't throw up last time, but I really thought I was going to. But this time, I will not be doing tequila shots. Unless there's another bartender who wants to do it, but I don't want to get anybody else fired. So I'm going to try and take it easy. And uh, I don't know, so I'm just inviting people. Hey, meet me there, meet me there, meet me there. Uh, they either will or they won't. But uh, I'll tell you all about that in our next time together, when I guess I'll tape this when I get back, when the staples are out of my head. Now here's, now this, so the, well, here's the good news. Well, here's, so anyway, I just played, the clip up front I played, and I'll get back to everything, I guess, was from Clueless. Because as me and my sister and my mother were at Pretty Woman the Musical last night, during intermission to check the score of the Yankees-Red Sox game, and I couldn't be more thrilled, I turned on my phone to check the score, praying the Yankees were going to lose. I hate the Yankees. And it got close. Uh, I got a call. I got a missed call and a voicemail. Are you ready? Are you listening? Have you had enough to eat? Are you sitting down? From the great Amy Heckerling. Yes! Remember, I've been trying to get her on the podcast. Amy Heckerling, ladies and gentlemen, the director of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, called me! The writer and director of Clueless. And let me tell you something. You guys can make fun of me all you want. Nice pile of bricks you got here. You drink? No, thanks. I'm cool. I'm not offering. I'm asking you if you drink. You think I give alcohol to teenage drivers taking my daughter out? Hey, man, the protective vibe I dig. What's with you, kid? You think the death of Sammy Davis left an opening in the Rat Pack? I mean, these lines... Listen, again, you call me, you know, I like Notting Hill. I like Notting Hill for different reasons, not just the lines. These lines are amazing. The father in Clueless, who I, of course, should be playing in the musical, um, is a genius. Dan Hedaya, the great Dan Hedaya from, from Cheers and all that stuff. I mean, let's, let's listen to this one. Not like that, are you? Cher, get in here. What's up, Daddy? What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. It looks like underwear. Go upstairs and put something over it. Yeah, I was just going to. This is the one. Listen to this. Hey, you. Anything happens to my daughter, I got a 45 and a shovel. I doubt anybody would miss you. I mean, this... Th- I, th- tell me that's not great writing. How is that not great writing? Hey, kid. I have a 45 and a shovel. Okay, that's normal. But then to add on, I doubt anyone would miss you. That's hilarious. This woman is a legendary genius. Maybe not to the status of Harold Ramis, but only because uh, she doesn't have the the multitude of movies. But Clueless is a flawless film. I've liked it since it came out. And we all know how great Fast Times at Ridgemont High is. So let me tell you something. When I got that call, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, I told my mom, I ran downstairs from the bathroom. There was a big line for the bathroom. I couldn't, I couldn't even, I was like, should I, should I read it now? Should I read it now? It's going to, oh, it's going to, it's going to, I was like reading the voicemail. And then I heard the voicemail afterwards. And, and then I just called her today, left a message for her. So I wanted her to be my 200th podcast guest, which would have been epic for me. I mean, let's face it, her and Robbie Riss, my two white whales. 
you know, even though that's racist. Black whales. Wait. Uh oh. Um. And and and, and I mean. So she can't do the 200th, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And I thought, oh, Jeff Ross is it, but this sounds like a pain in the ass. So I still have no idea what you're going to do. you got to do something special, right? Or should I just do it myself? I mean, I don't know. you got to do something. But anyway, besides all that, and that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're coming up with something soon. <laughs> Hello. Maybe we'll do it from Memo's Bar. Who cares? Anyway, um, so she's working on Clueless, the musical, I believe. And I said, uh, well, first of all, I was thinking, should I just ruin this and call her as Damone? Because she'll be so annoyed. Hey, Amy, I can't believe it. I mean, this is unbelievable. I can't believe you're calling me. Listen, it's Mike Damone. I think you got the wrong number. Oh, what do you got, a project for me? I mean, she'd be so angry. would be like, uh-huh, that's hilarious. Is it worth blowing it? But only if I recorded the call and, and, and played it for you guys. Otherwise, why do that? Uh... Because I don't even know if I'm here. Well, no, you know I'm going to do the imitation if I'm here. I'm definitely doing it if she's here and I'm here. I mean, I think she might. She said she was going to do it in January. She's going to free up. She's going to do it. She's going to do the podcast. The great Amy Heckerling. The one where we can shove in people's faces the fact that this whore who directed Wonder Woman is so great when 30 years before her, there was a woman who directed a classic boys comedy. Hello? It's the Sigourney Weaver thing all over again. We've talked about this multitude of times. We have to understand and respect. And Amy Eckerling has said, screw you, Hollywood, because she probably got a raw deal. It's probably why I don't know her that well, except for these classic movies. And uh, I guess we'll hear her all about that. And hopefully she's um, forthcoming. And this is all thanks to Harold Ramis' daughter, Violet, who hooked this up. I texted her, and she's like, yeah, I'll give her. And then she just called. This is great. I mean, this is exciting. That almost... Made me smile. All right, it did make me smile, but then, you know, work got in the way again. Oh, this isn't working. It's just not. I got to get out. Maybe it'll be different. After this, But this office stinks. It's like it doesn't stink in its windows, stuff, but it's like loud and gross and sad. And um, I was going to have this other office, which would have been like a real office, like a man's office. This blows. Maybe I just have to look at it like, fuck everybody. I just have my own space. And I'll just be sad all the time. Because that's the way it used to be when I worked there. I was in my own private space. But it wasn't like good. And it was sad. And it just it just blows. It's depressing in there. You know, it's like I, you know, now where I sit, it's, it, it's distracting. But at least, you know, I mean, I like when some people walk by. I mean, I'm on the floor with all the hot girls. Now I'm going to be on the floor with this horrible ogre. And, and, and uh, you know, a couple of dudes. This blows. And all my friends who I've made at the firm are all on a floor below me. And they're all together. So they don't care. And quite frankly, I think the people I have friends at the firm, I don't think they're being honest with me at all. And if they're not being honest with me, they're not even friends anyway. So I think I have to distance myself from that place after all these years. It's been a definitely good run. So I guess it's time to move on. Of course, if I can't handle this job, I don't know what job I'm going to be able to handle. I keep thinking if they fire me, what I'm going to do. And I'm like, it's cool. It's cool. I got a plan. I got a plan. I don't know what the plan is. Do a show with the seller every month? Well, it's not the worst plan I've ever come up with. If I do it, yeah, but that's like, no, that's, that'll never work. It's not enough. I guess, I mean, my rent alone is what I make on one show. 
I'd have to do a show every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a pickle, isn't it? I guess everybody goes through this. Just I haven't had to go through it for a long time. God, I've been there 18 goddamn years. Before that, I was at a job for eight years. Well, in between, I did uh, what we like to call stand-up comedy. That didn't work out too well either, and that was a pain in the ass because, you know, I was going paycheck to paycheck. Um, which I do now, except I didn't know where the paycheck was coming from. Now at least I know. Uh, people would say, you got this job. I'm like, no, I love my job, and now I don't love it. It's so weird. Well, I'll figure something out. Let's wait till the end of the year and see what happens. Shall we? Because totally my 55th year is going to be really something else. <laughs> well, I will have hair. My guess is, I guess by next year at this time, everything is going to come into place, right? I mean, once you have hair, people just hand you money. They hand you jobs. I'll probably be able to get lots of jobs. I'll probably be able to get jobs like a doctor. Like, did you, are you a, are you a doctor? Did you go to, the, you know, did you get a doctor? And I'm like, no. They're like, well, you know, you're handsome enough anyway that I think we'll just let you operate. I'm like, no, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. Let, I'll oversee the operation. This is the kind of stuff that happens to people with hair. It's a fact. Everybody knows it. Every bald guy knows what I'm talking about. If George Clooney was bald, would he be George Clooney? Maybe. I mean, his face is pretty good looking, but let's face it, he's got, he's got a good head of hair. Tom Brady, you know, I think he got what I got. He didn't want any trouble. Yeah, your hair gets all messed up under that helmet and everything. That's an easy way to lose hair. That's what happened to Drew Brees. Speaking of Drew Brees, oh, my God. I don't know if you were watching Monday because that stupid Yankee game was always just, it was awesome. <laughs> 16 to whatever. Oh, that was terrific. The humiliation at Yankee Stadium makes me so happy. People say, Dave, why are you such a Yankee hater? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because as you all know, I listen to the sports station. When Howard's not on, I listen to the sports station. If I've lost football on Sundays, I never listen to the sports station. But I normally listen to the sports station all the time. And you know what I hear? And I'm sick of listening to New York sports. You know, we don't have any stations in New York that talk about college football or anything else except the Yankees. And I'm talking during football season when there is no Yankees anymore, like starting today, we're still going to be talking about the Yankees all year long. And it's really goddamn frustrating. And once in a while you get the Mets thrown in. But the problem is the Yankees, all they do uh, since the 90s, at least, and, you know, before that, the, the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, just the 80s, they were bad. <laughs> One decade, a couple of bad times. All they do is win. All they do is win. And yes, okay, you're not going to win the World Series every day. But you won it nine years ago. And after that, you won it like 30 times before that. And all I hear is the listeners complaining. Uh, the Yankees are such a met the Yankees. This they they're complaining all the time. They're complaining. I like the Mets. I like the Jets. You want to talk about complaining? That's complaining. I don't want to hear about the Yankees who go far into the playoffs last year, which was completely unexpected, and then everybody's complaining they didn't make it to the World Series. Well, boo hoo. They weren't even supposed to. They were supposed to be better this year, but they were amazing this year. Amazing as expected, but the Red Sox were ridiculous. 
I mean, they, they, I mean let's, let's face it. The Red Sox are ridiculous. The, the, the amount of games, what, they won 106 games or 108, and the Yankees won 106 and couldn't win the division? That's just bad luck. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's unheard of. It's unheard of. The Yankees should have been the top tier of, I mean, it was ridiculous. But that's what makes it even more so beautiful that they leave in a humiliating fashion. Now, yesterday, they almost came back because this idiot, this pitcher from the Red Sox, what a, what a dick. As soon as I saw him come out, I don't know, it was Kimbrel or something like it. He's got that stupid red beard with a retarded stance, like really retarded. You can actually, he like holds his hands up before you, and I'm like, this guy's going to blow it. He's going to blow it. And he almost did. He loaded up the bases with no outs, four to one, four to three. He got lucky because he should have been blown out. And let me tell you something. When you got a stupid-looking beard like that, a stupid-looking beard, when you lose, you look like an asshole. When you win, you look like you're like, yeah, that beard's really working out. But if you lose, you look like a complete asshole, just like I used to say about Colin Kaepernick all the time. He has all those tattoos. I say, you know when you look, you know when you look stupid when you have all those tattoos? When you lose the Super Bowl, then you just look dumb. If you win the Super Bowl, you're like, this guy's amazing. He's got all these tattoos. He's like the real deal. I mean, it's funny how it just turns on a dime like that. So if this guy had lost that game, he just, and they, oh, I hate that stupid beard. It's funny when you watch the, you know, the other teams, they get the beard, they get the hair, whatever. And the Yankees are very serious. When you join the Yankees, you cut, you cut your hair, you shave your beard, you're clean shaven. They have a look. And the reason why everybody adheres to it is because they want to play for the Yankees. Why? Oh, I don't know. So uh, Juan Carlos Stanton can uh, whatever uh, can be in the playoffs for the first time in his goddamn career. I mean, this guy's really good. Now he messed up in the playoffs, and he'll get better, and he'll still be good, even though he wasn't as great as he should have been this year. But he'll get it together. But he got, he finally got to go to the playoffs. This guy's been the Marlins for his entire career. He's a great guy. He's a real power hitter. He's so tall because I met him once, and he was awesome and i'm always rooting for him uh but yeah he wanted to be in the playoffs so you know what happens when people are like all like with the beards and everything they want to play with the yankees because they want to be in the playoffs they want to win and the yankees constantly win even when they're losing they win it's weird they got this system where they're great then in august they suck into September, and then mid-September, they just win, 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 and they get to the playoffs every year. It's amazing. I mean, it's really fascinating. Anyway, couldn't be happier. It actually really made my day when they lost like that. I was laughing. Anyway, this was Monday night. So Monday night, I uh, decided not to go for wings because what was the reason? Oh, because I was seeing the play the night before, and I always get nervous. You know, I'm going to fall asleep or something. Then I, you know, Tuesday. And uh, thank God I was home uh, because, well, I would have been watching it anyway. But I was home and I was getting to a joy. And Drew Brees in, from the Saints uh, was able to um, do this unbelievable feat on this national broadcast. He broke the all-time passing yards, which was at this time uh, Peyton Manning. I don't even know what, uh, how many it was, but he broke the record. And, and here's the call. And I got to tell you. Not a dry eye in the house, for real. I was so emotional. I was crying. It was such a touching moment. I'm going to play it for you. I'm going to talk it over with you. 
So the family's on the field in anticipation of celebration. Yeah, his family is three boys, daughter, and super hot wife are all on the field. They know he's going to break the record at some point soon. It's only the second quarter, and he's got 60, no, he's got uh, 50 or 40 yards, maybe it's 30 yards to go. It's two minutes and 46 seconds left to play. I know we don't usually talk about sports anymore, but this, this is when sports gets very exciting because it gets real and emotional. For a very, what I'd like to think is a very nice man, this Drew Brees, who, who's been with New Orleans. He's already won the Super Bowl, and I really think he helped with Katrina and everything. You know, this is like a hometown hero. Will we get it here before halftime? How about those four kiddos, though, being able to get down on that field? What they're going to experience. Incredible. Brady left open. Wide open. And Smith, what a way to do it. He broke the record by scoring a 62-yard touchdown. That's how he broke the record. A touchdown pass. How great is that? So now his teammates, they've stopped the game. I mean, this is like unprecedented stuff. It's really great. They've stopped the game. His teammates, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I'm watching it. His teammates, uh, oh, 71,968 passing yards. His teammates are completely crowding him around. Now he, he's walking away. You ready for this? I mean, they've stopped the game. You know, normally you get an over-celebration penalty or anything. Nothing. He goes over to the official to the official he's talking to the official there's now they're showing his family the other players are congratulating him he goes over to the official he takes over his and the official gives him the game ball the, the, no the official gives him the certificate the, the official gives him the ball and the certificate saying he just broke the all the official the ref it's so weird they had it all ready He's walking, now he's by himself on the field. The crowd's going crazy. He's pointing everybody, acknowledging them. And now, it's amazing. They got, you know, up on the screen. He goes over to his family, and next to his family, you know, they're saying. That Drew Brees fittingly goes into the record book. The white gloves are on the Hall of Fame president, David Baker. Yeah, so he just goes and shakes the Hall of Fame's president, David Baker, who has white gloves on, who takes the ball from him because the ball is going to the Hall of Fame. I, I'm getting a multi. It was amazing. It's amazing to watch. I highly recommend watching it. I swear to God, if you, and, and it gets better. And, and if you don't appreciate this and if you don't like sports, if you don't like this, you're really dead inside. Now he's hugging his kids. His wife, Brittany. As he receives hugs from Kalen, Kalen, Bowen, and his beautiful daughter, Rylan. Soak it in, Drew. Well on. Yeah, I don't know whether you heard it. You can hear it. Uh, they have him mic'd up, and they show it later. He has, he's got three sons and a daughter. He has his three, so his daughter's, I guess, the youngest, so the mother's holding her. He holds his sons. They're young, you know, five, four, three, maybe, maybe you know, six, five, four, whatever. He h hugs them together, and he says, 
I, I, I'm telling you, because it, it's one of those things I get emotional when I, when a father says this because you can't even imagine your father saying this to you. It's something and he goes, "Do you see what I told you? What you can do if you really, you know, if you really try hard and you work hard, you can." That's what he told his kids in the moment. It's amazing, and uh, I remember I, I, I called my friend Joan. I'm like, I'm crying. He's like, "You're you're a fag." <laughs> Because I am a, I mean, it really, it's, uh, I, I got really emotional. I, I, I dare you to watch this, uh, just type in on, on uh, YouTube, Drew Brees Breaks Record, and I, I dare you not to get emotional with it. It's, uh, you know, it's a good guy who, um, you know, did, a, did an amazing thing. He does it here at home on a Monday night. And he, then he goes over to his coach. They just stop the game. That's what makes it so exciting, too. They just stopped the game. Where when he first came here, they desperately needed a hero. And he needed to be one. He has told the story time and again. So, I mean, it's it was really, really moving and great. But it's funny because, like I said, he broke the record uh, by throwing a touchdown pass. And it completely reminded me I might be a Yankee hater, but I'm not an individual hater. Nobody doesn't like Derek Jeter because it completely reminded me because I remember watching Derek Jeter's 3,000th hit. Yeah, Derek Jeter is 3,000th hit. I'll never forget it. A home run. Mobbed by his teammates at the plate. Uh, you know, listen, if you don't like sports, maybe you don't appreciate it, but I, I, I just don't understand. I, I can understand not liking sports and, and maybe not caring, but I, I, what I could never understand is how you can uh, react emotionally to the, the human element of, you know, somebody... Uh, a, like a nice person doing something phenomenal and then having your teammates embrace you and your family and the crowd. The whole thing is, uh, it's quite moving, you know? Uh, so I like seeing those kind of milestones. I mean, I've watched it on TV. I saw Nolan Ryan's. I remember, I, I remember, I, I remember watching on TV, Nolan Ryan's, uh, like eighth, sh uh, what was it? Eighth, not perfect game, uh, no hitter. Uh, watching those things, I uh, one time for my birthday, I rewatched the David Cohn perfect game, and you know, I, again, I don't like the Yankees, but I, I mean, I hate the Yankees, but I like the individual performances, and when you see a perfect game like that, and the David Wells one and stuff, I I enjoy watching, rewatching that stuff. It's uh, you know, that's when sports gets really terrific when something uh, great like that happens or. Or even, you know, I hate the Patriots, but watching that Super Bowl where they beat the Falcons, I mean, I could probably watch that 100 times because I had money on that one, so that's different. But I uh, love that kind of stuff, and that just happened Monday night. That was terrific. Mm. What a great night. I couldn't have been happier. Yankees lost. Uh, Saints win because I had money on that. It was, it was beautiful. They had the over. Ah, it was beautiful. So that all uh, being said, where were we? 
We're talking about sports. Oh, this is what happened to me today or uh, this weekend. So as you know, I usually wake up early and I go to the Meadowlands on Saturdays. So we filmed puppet picks on Friday night because I couldn't film it any other time. And uh, I usually go to get my car from the garage on Friday nights now because on Saturday there's either construction or a parade. You know, I've complained about this a hundred times. So I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it this way. So I'll just do it Saturday. I've read there's no construction. There is a street fair, but I don't think it'll affect me. I'll take a chance. I call Saturday morning, 930. They're like, oh, sir, we have no elevator. We cannot get anybody's car out. And I'm like, what? Yeah, the elevator's not working. We called the mechanic. He's not here. There's people from the hotel. They want their car. Can you imagine other people? I was like, I was like, oh, it was. I'm like, maybe this is best. Because I was only going to the middle. I didn't have any other plans. And maybe that's why I didn't take it out Friday. I'm like, well, eh, maybe something will happen where I can't take it out probably for the best. And But it's funny. After that happened, I was looking up Ubers. I was looking up renting a car. Because I have a problem. And it, it took me about 15 minutes to calm down and be like, all right, let's just not do this today. But you know what? If, but, it was a, but it was bad. Because there is something to what I'm doing with this, whether the gambling thing is bad, but I never left the house that day. And God damn it. If that thing just gets me out of the house, even for the hour and a half that it might be or whatever, it gets me out of the house and I'm walking around and I'm interacting with people. I never left the house on Saturday. And that's why I start getting depressed. And it's, um, that's not good. So this thing kind of works. Maybe there's another way to get me out of the house. But if I don't have any plans, a lot of times I won't leave. Sunday, because I have this ritual where I do wake up early and go get a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and come back, at least I got out of the house and got a cup of coffee. Meanwhile, I I uh, stayed in right after that. I never went back out again either. So I was in all weekend. My house was disgusting because, you know, the last uh, last weekend, Rachel Feinstein stayed over. And that, that, that woman is a hurricane, a whirlwind of, of mess. And uh, my apartment was disgusting, but the cleaning lady was here today, so now it looks great. And uh, hey, what a great story, right? I mean, this is some hell of a podcast. Hey, Amy, what do you think? This is good, right? It's great stuff. I'm so excited about having her on the podcast. So last night, oh wait, uh, what was it? What did I tell you? Oh, oh, you. Um, I was looking to buy more toilet paper, you know, because it's running out. So I'm going to Amazon and I see old double rolls, mega rolls, double rolls. I'm like, my toilet paper dispenser can only handle a single roll. And I'm looking through Amazon and I'm like, what the? Because, you know, you definitely want to buy toilet paper on Amazon. You don't want to go to the supermarket because everybody knows what you're up to. Meanwhile, are you kidding? So um, listen, if I'm worried about my hair, obviously I'm worried that people are going to talk about buying toilet paper. So. So I'm looking, and it's only double rolls, mega rolls, double rolls, mega rolls, you know, 36 packs. I'm like, I don't, maybe I need, I don't want, I don't want to buy that much. And I, I can't have a bigger roll than a single roll. That's all that fits in the spool that came with the apartment. And then I talked to my mother. I'm like, I get all I can find. It's double rolls and mega rolls. She goes, that's why I bought a standalone toilet paper dispenser. It, it like stands up like by her toilet. I, I've seen it. I've, I know what she's talking about. And I'm like, she's like, you need to buy a standalone. And I'm like. No, no, no. I, I just I just want to get a single roll. Why don't they sell it a single roll anymore? And she goes, that's why you got to, honey, I'm going to see you on Tuesday. I'll bring you in a roll of toilet paper. I'm like, mom, I swear to God, I cannot have my mother bring in 
a couple rolls of toilet paper. I mean, how old am I? I can't. What? What are we? What am I in college? I cannot have you bring a roll of toilet. That's ridiculous. What are you? Gonna, you're gonna hand it to me at the show? What are you? Gonna, that's a, that's a, my mother was gonna bring me a. I mean, it's it's nice, but it's it's so Jewy and it's so motherly. It's really funny. It's actually something uh, nice for someone that's um, a little odd. But uh, it was it was pretty, honey. I will bring you in some toilet paper, and uh, then you will have. I have a couple of single rolls of them. I I don't, you know, I don't think she has single rolls. I think she has double rolls. That's why she bought the 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 the, the extra the thing the standalone thing. I like the one that's right, you know, in the right place. I don't the standalone. Where I don't have enough room in my bathroom. My apartment is huge, but my bathroom's not as big as I'd like it. I would like a better bathroom. I'd like to move. I gotta get a job that pays me double what I'm making now. Maybe I'll do that. That's a good plan, right? So anyway, we go to this pretty woman, the musical. And I gotta say, I gotta say, now it's with this guy, Andrew Carl, who I've seen in everything. We remember him from Groundhog Day, the musical. He's delightful. Remember him from Rocky, the musical. He was in Legally Blonde. He was in Saturday Night Fever, where he met his wife who played Annette. Yeah, but you'd lay down for him. That I would not do. This guy's good. He's good in everything. He's fine. Again, I don't know where he thought he was going to be Ben Platt two years ago, but this guy is like a, just, he's, he's a handsome fellow. He's got a lovely singing voice. He's good enough, but he's not the best. Uh, but he was good. And the girl in this, I, I don't know what her name is, but she was really good and kind of sexy, like really sexy, sexier than Julia Roberts, because I never really found Julia Roberts sexy, so I didn't care for that. I actually like this better. There's a couple scenes that, ironically, they should take out of the musical because they don't work, but you're waiting for them from the movie, and I'm talking about the two iconic scenes that don't actually work in the musical, but if you don't do them, you're a dick. You know what I'm saying? Because people are like waiting, but it doesn't work. It's funny that it doesn't work. So the one is the, uh, you know, the legendary scene where he's opening the diamond case or whatever's in that. And then he closes it and she laughs. Didn't work at all. What We knew what was going to happen. We're waiting. Does, doesn't work. Doesn't work. And then when she goes back to the shop and says big mistake, doesn't work. You don't need these two things the way they've done this musical, but you have to do them. You can't do Pretty Woman the musical without doing those two scenes you really would i mean how much are you going to anger people to not do the two most iconic scenes in the movie i'm trying to think of another example like if you did back to the future the musical <laughs> i don't know what uh i don't know i can't think of what's what's i mean i know that movie backwards and forwards and yet i can't think of what's the most iconic scene not just the one that dave juskow uh, likes what? What's a, a classic iconic scene in a movie that I I, I can't? Uh, it, it, I yeah, I really got nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Godfather of the musical. I'm like, what are you not going to shoot Sonny on the Causeway? Meanwhile, well, you'd have to shoot Sonny on the Causeway. You'd have to you'd have to do that. Um, I don't know. I can't think of an example. I'm sure I'll think of one as soon as I click the stop recording button. Now, here's the thing. Oh, Dave Juskow, you are gay. Ladies and gentlemen, Pretty Woman, 
Put your phones off. Pretty Woman the Musical. I like this kind of stuff. Now, the musical was written by one of my favorite people from the 80s. Not now so much. Brian Adams. I loved him. And Jim Valance. And they've been writing hits for years. And that's why I think the music was pretty good. It's a little stand-up Broadway, but there's hooks to it, which was you could always rely on Brian Adams for. Like, so this is the opening, but I'm gonna skip forward. Edward, where are you going? Look at him, he's I like I like that. He needs to learn his journey. Also, I like the way the song goes. It's got that, like, uh, rainbow. Remember the band Rainbow? This part is... Again, this is not the greatest musical of all time, but I got to say it was very entertaining. I was never bored, and it was most uh, most just enjoyable. After the first act, uh, me and my mom just looked at each other. Like, oh. We were really expecting the train wreck, but it wasn't bad at all. The music wasn't that bad, and uh, and then of course you know there's the uh, the stupid song where you know. You- There she is. Oh. I don't know how I got here. She took me by surprise. She really is quite something. Much more than meets the eye. There was some negotiation. This girl can cut a deal. And I can't help but feel there's something about her. I can't put my finger on it. There's something about her. That's a stupid song. I don't know why. I mean, it's not a bad song. You see what I'm saying? It's not a bad song, but it's just stupid. There's something about her. Of course, there's something about her. Of course, there's something. This is a stupid song. I don't know. I, I need more intelligence there. I don't know. Something about her? Where'd you come up with that one? Uh, but, you know, this it, 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 it's not horrible. It's not horrible. Uh, Get here now. Don't want this feeling. It's funny, right? Because it's exactly what you would have expected. Oh, uh, here we go again. There's something about her. And then she's going to sing, they just made the deal for the $3,000 for six days. And she's like, yeah, I'm the luckiest girl in the world. It's it, it's everything you would have expected. There's no tricks. We don't know the musical, but it's like, but the songs aren't. Listen, that SpongeBob musical was the worst thing ever. So this was okay. I, I, I did not hate it. It was enjoyable. That girl's way hot. She's wearing a hot outfit the whole time. Why would I not like it? But here's the best part. Uh, let me see. 
Uh, is no. Wait, let me see. I want to see. Oh, like this. Yeah, is this the one that? I don't care if this is pretty to This is okay too And this is like how they open the, the second act uh, And keep the streets safe for every Listen, we play worse on this show. And this one, I like the riffs. I There's nothing I left singing the theater, uh, singing when I left the theater, but, you know, you've heard. We've we've played worse stuff on this show before. Um, worse things that, that sound like South Park would make fun of or Book of Mormon would make fun of. And these don't sound like it. And I like Brian Adams, and I was like, it's great. So so here's the uh, here's the thing, and I... I, I Wish I'd uh, connected before, but what do you hear this? And then you tell me uh, if I'm crazy. I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna come in the uh, in the middle. To have you here beside me makes me realize Not yet. Wait for it. Everything's changed inside of me. Tell me if you hear it. Did you get it? I mean, it's, it's continuing, yeah. And we could catch the wind before it's gone. Did you see which, uh, did you see what, did you see what I did? I didn't do anything. Do you, do you recognize it at all? I'm going to play it for you. Forever in your arms. Oh, 
Baby, it's hard to believe that you're dying here in my arms. And is it too hard to believe we're in heaven? All that I need when you die here in my arms. Oh, isn't it hard to believe? Hey, he changed it a little. But he doesn't want to look like a total dick. Well, you gotta change it a little so you don't look like a fool. Sorry, I don't know. I, I'm a horrible. I, so you see, he ripped off himself. I think you're allowed to do that. Um, that seems fair enough. But uh, yeah, isn't that great? I noticed it right away as soon as he. Oops. I noticed it right away as soon as um, as soon as they started singing it right away. Because that's way he lives. Brian Adams, that guy was the greatest. He just had look. Even just when you start a song like this, you start bow. Oh, let's start that over again. I love when it starts like that. Bow. So listen to this non-stop I like that song. And then I like when, uh, oh no, wait, it's it's here. Is it? Let me find that thing. Hey! 
No, I like, and your eyes were like diamonds. And then they, can I get that apart? I used to love that part. I don't know why. Oh man, he made so many good songs. I say I think about this song all the time. I sing it to myself all the time. I could start dreaming about it now. Give it to me. That's later in the song. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I used to love this guy. This song was amazing too. God damn it. This guy was wow. This is what we had in the 80s. This was it. I don't know. He made good songs. She says her love for me could never die. I don't know where they ever hold up, but that'd change if she ever found out about you and I. That one I know. Oh, but love is true. Oh, wait. Would it hurt her if she didn't know? Cause I got my tongue in the all mixed up. Just like Big John, Little John all over again. I, I, listen, the guy was really good back then, so it would make sense for a guy that wrote these extremely iconic songs that don't really hold up now to write a Broadway show. Many years ago, about 20 years ago, there was some girl, I remember she had some commercial, and she was saying, why isn't Billy Joel or Paul Simon or these people writing Broadway shows? And then they did, and they all failed. Well, Billy Joel didn't write a Broadway show that just used his music. Paul Simon's failed. Bad. I, I, what was the name of it? Ugh, horrible. So Sting, fail, epic fail. I went to that. I think I even played, oh, boy. But this one, this is perfect. They didn't need to fail. It's not a Brian Adams show. You know, he's not, he's not the star. It's just this is what he does. Uh, the Cindy Lauper, the uh, it's not a fail. I just don't care for it. But these, it makes sense for these '80s pop music icons to now, thirty years later in their '60s and '70s, make show tunes. It makes sense. But here's the best part: this happened a month ago. So think about how iconic this guy is. Whether you know who he is or not, this happened a month ago. It's just one of my favorite songs ever written. It's not one of mine. <laughs> um, 
Oh, who is that? It's uh, Taylor Swift at a sold-out show in Toronto a month ago. I was wondering, like, you guys have been singing so loud all night, but I really wanted to see how how loud it could be, right? Like, how loud can this singing possibly be? Her playing the guitar. What do you think the age of the the, the the age of the women that go to see Taylor Swift are? 15, 16? They're singing along. They're singing along with a song from nineteen eighty five. Or maybe that was in an earlier... No, I think that was on that legendary one with the ones I just played. Summer 69. They're singing along. 15, 16-year-old girls. I don't know whether Taylor Swift recorded this or not, but it's in Canada where Brian Adams is a living legend. Then he comes out. I was fascinated when I saw that because they're, they, they're children and they're singing out loud to this song from the 80s. They're singing the words, which are completely iconic, and that is the best word for it. And uh, and how do you like that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how popular this guy uh, still is, I guess. maybe. I mean, here we all know the, the lyrics. The question is, does your 15-year-old son or daughter know it? I don't know whether this is a Taylor Swift thing or a Canadian thing or whatever, but it's fascinating. So here's a guy that wrote, I mean, you might not like the songs, but they certainly meant a lot to me in the 80s. So for this guy to write a show, I enjoyed it very much. What about that, huh? It was very charming. It was a charming show. Charming. Yes, that's the word for it. Charming. So, Pretty Woman, my review my review. Now, let's see what else we have here today before we leave you and uh, move on to Los Angeles, which you know I hate. I've been trying to cancel, like my, I've been trying to cancel my trip for um, the past two weeks because I just get nervous and I hate it. And meanwhile, I'm out there. I always have a good time, but you know what I'm talking about. We have the Brett Kavanaugh stuff, which of course is horrible uh, in the sense that everybody's protesting and he's like guilty before he's proven innocent. I mean, it really bothers me. We talked about it last week. Oh, it's, it's unfair. It's unfair. He did it, he did it, he did it. You're protesting, you're angry. I, it's it's uh, very awkward. I, I, I don't understand how you just convict, convict, convict until you have the facts. Um, oh, here's my favorite story. Hitler's last living relatives at home on Long Island. It turns out Adolf Hitler's last surviving relatives have been living under the radar on Long Island for decades. Now, I've been talking about this for about 15 years, 
when I saw the piece, I think I've told you guys, I used to do it in my act, but I had to stop talking about Hitler because I take it too far, I guess. I don't know. And I used to talk about Pete Hitler <laughs> living in Long Island. So I've already known about this kind of story, but this is the best. Hitler's great nephews, Alexander Lewis and Brian Stewart Houston, the only living descendants of the dictator's paternal side, live quietly in the New York suburbs and fly American flags in their yards, according to Germany's Bild newspaper. Why wouldn't they? They're not idiots. The three men are the sons of Hitler's nephew, William Patrick Hitler. He was good. He was good. I liked him. You talk about Bill Hitler? Oh, I liked him. Who was born in Britain to the Fuhrer's half-brother, Alois Hitler Jr. <laughs> it's just funny when people's names are actually Hitler. I mean, this is hilarious. Alois split when Willie Hitler, oh, that's what they call him instead of Bill Hitler. They called him Willie Hitler. Little Willie Hitler. You remember him. You remember him, that kid from down the street? He always used to want to play ball. He was uh, lonely, didn't have any friends. Little Willie Hitler, they called him. Uh, but Willie wound up visiting his estranged dad in Germany in 1929, where he attended a rally. He then returned to Britain and began giving interviews to the press as Hitler's English nephew. That's hilarious. That's when nobody knew the future. William later traveled to New York, where he continued to give lectures on his infamous family and eventually joined the U.S. Navy to fight in World War II, which is very impressive. After the war, he moved to Patchogue, Long Island, with his German wife and changed the family's name, duh, first to Hiller. <laughs> Is that not the funniest thing? No, 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 Hiller. Hiller, did you say Hitler? No, 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 we're the Hillers, the Hillers. And then, to, for some reason, Stuart Houston, I don't know, I don't know why the, the hyphenated thing. He died in 87, and his sons have refused to speak with the media because they're not idiots. But Alexander finally broke his silence. The last person I would say I admire is Donald Trump. That's what he had to say. The fuck is that? I don't know. (laughs) His dying breath was like, I hate Donald Trump. That's hilarious. These guys are so stupid. So what would you like to change your name to? How about Hiller? Nobody Nobody will ever guess. I don't know. It's pretty close to Hitler. No, no, no. There's no T. So it's just Hiller. How would you not change it to John Smith? Are you out of your goddamn mind? Hiller. What a jackass. William, uh, little Bill Hiller. You remember Bill Hiller? He lived down the street in Patchogue. Hey, there's the Hillers. You mean the Hitlers? No, 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 no. They, they, they dropped the T. They dropped the T. I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. Now, I used to talk about Now, I remember the 60 Minutes interview, which nobody seems to remember, about Pete Hitler. And maybe I made the first name up. I can't remember. But maybe it was William Hitler. It might have been him. And he was some sort of descendant. And this might have been the story that I knew about for 15 or 20 years. And like, yeah, he lives on Long Island. And uh, he's a descendant of Hitler's. And he's been um, engaged twice. Hasn't worked out. And they they go blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to hear about the engagement. I want it. Wait, why didn't they work out? Well, I'll tell you why they didn't work out. I guess they didn't. 60 Minutes is a a very intellectual show. They're like, do we really need to tell you why it didn't work out? Clearly, the reason it didn't work out. They're like, oh, I'm very excited to get married to you. Is there anything else you want to tell me before we get married? No, I can't think of anything. Well, 
If I can be honest, I want to start on a clean slate. It's possible that I'm related to Hitler, but like what? No, I'm related to Hitler, but where you go? Where are you going? I thought, but I thought you wanted to be honest. So the second one is even more intriguing. He goes, oh, this time I'm definitely not telling her. Hey, somebody down the street said you're related to Hitler's, are you? Uh, in what sense do you mean related? Well, your last name is Hiller, so maybe you changed it along the way. Um, would I be that stupid to just call myself Hiller? I mean, sweetie pie, where are you going? No, come back, I... Oh, that is hilarious stuff. Hilarious stuff for me. And me only. Uh, I don't like that one. I'm just looking at the stories I had prepared for you. Oh, this is great. Uh, the Columbus Day Parade, which I hate, you know, which was this past Monday. Thank God it's beautiful. Thin crowds and empty stretches of sidewalk marked the 74th annual Columbus Day Parade along Fifth Avenue on a dreary Monday. So happy. Uh, there's a quote. I came here from the Bronx to celebrate with my family, and this is the turnout. Thank God. Maybe we will finally get rid of one of these stupid goddamn parades. Nobody wants to know about Columbus. The Italians don't even care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Great news. Great news. No one cares. Show your pride. No, the weak attendance came as activists denounced Columbus, brutal treated of the indigenous people he encountered. And stage their own celebration on Randall's Island. I got a good plan. I'm going to look into the Puerto Rican Day Parade. And I'm going to find out who invented Puerto Rico. And then, uh, you know, Wikipedia and say this guy uh, killed a lot of his own people. He was horrible. And he killed a lot of black people. I don't know. You know, we got to deface anybody who's celebrating a parade for their ethnicity. So they can just stop the parades. We have to find a way. Now, we did it with this Columbus guy. It's going to be hard to do with the ethnicities. I mean, this is technically Italian, I guess, but they call it the Columbus Day Parade. It can only be for people, so it's going to be hard to do with Puerto Ricans, the Israelis, the Greeks. But I'll find a way. I'll find a way so we get this light turnout. So by the time I'm Manhattan Borough President, once I have my hair, we can stop all the parades. That's the key. We don't want to be prejudiced. We just want to stop the parades. I don't care. The Puerto Ricans can do whatever they want. Just don't have a parade. I don't have anything against Puerto Ricans. I love Puerto Ricans. I just don't like your parade. I don't like the Israeli parade. I don't, quite frankly, I don't even like the Veterans Day Parade, but I'm not saying I'm not even going there. I'm going to go on Fox News and say that. You know what the worst parade is? The Veterans Day Parade. And I'll, t hello? Is this, is this on? I'm telling you, we just keep the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and that's that. Get rid of the gay parade. Get rid of, well, we'll keep the Halloween parade, although that's a mess now, too, downtown. At least it's downtown and not in my area. Oh, I'm a crotchety old man. Am I? No, I'm a person that lives in Manhattan and is just trying to get around during the weekend when it's supposed to be quiet, and now it's a goddamn disaster. You can't drive, you can't walk, you can't do anything. Why does everybody come here? Go somewhere else. Go to New Brunswick, New Jersey. Have your parade there on the Rutgers campus. Go there. Go to Queens. You all live there anyway. Nobody who's in the parade is from here. Go away. Thank you.
Uh, right. We. Oh, yeah. Oh, about the one more thing about the Yankees. This is so great. There's this umpire. Speaking of Puerto Rican, I don't know whether he's actually Puerto Rican, but he's Spanish. Um, his name is Angel Hernandez. He's an umpire, and he stinks. And he made three really bad calls during the playoffs that were all overturned because he sucks. But the reason he's working the playoffs is because he sent uh, a letter to the... Uh, let me see if I just want to get this right. Uh, hold on a second. I, I, uh, he was, uh, uh, no, no, no. This is all about... This is why it's interesting. We're all talking about the thing, but uh, Hernandez, a native of, oh, I ripped that part out, sued. He sued Major League Baseball last year, claiming discrimination for his getting passed over for a promotion to crew chief in prestigious assignments like playoffs. After his lawsuit was filed, Hernandez received an all-star game and playoff assignment in 2017. So this guy sued saying, it's like, it's because I am Spanish, you are not letting me do the playoffs. Yeah, well, they're making a case against this guy that he sucks, and that's the reason he didn't get the playoffs. And now he made three horrible calls. He's a horrible umpire, but I'm sure he's good on a day-to-day basis, but they don't want him to play. You only get the best in the playoffs. And this guy's saying, no, it's because you're, you're being racist to me. Yeah, I'm doing that accent because I don't care. What a dick. That's taking advantage of the system. That's taking advantage of the system. Uncool. Uncool. That's what makes it bad for everybody. You're ruining it for everybody else who actually has a complaint, jerk off. Angel Hernandez. Hey, Sosa. You got a problem with me, man. Make a move. Otherwise, get off my back. Get off my back, man. Yeah, man. Listen. Hey, Sosa. Sosa. Alex, how you doing? What happened? Oh, we had some problems, you know. Alex? Tony, what happened? We had a little problem. I heard. Yeah, how'd you hear that? Because our friend gave a speech today at the UN. He was not supposed to give that speech, Tony. Yeah, well, you got that brother, you know? He's a piece of shit, you know? I told him to do something. He didn't listen to me, so I had to cancel his fucking contract. My partners and I are pissed off, Tony. That's okay, no big deal. There's all our brothers, you know? We're doing next month. No, Tony, you can't do that. They found what was under the car, Tony. Now our friend has got security up the ass. And the heat is going to come down hard on my partners and me. There's not going to be a next time, you fucking dumb. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Hey, take it easy when you talk to me, okay? I told you a long time ago, you fucking little monkey, not to fuck me. Hey, hey, who the fuck do you think you're talking to, huh? You want to fuck Who the fuck do you think I am, you fucking dumb boy? Brother. Do you want to go to war? Come on. Do you want to go to war? We'll take you to war, okay? Tony, coño. Come on, the man. Alex! You there? Hey! He's not there.
man. That's a shuffle to them, man. Listen. I hope. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you enjoy the package. I told you not to fuck with me, you little monkey. Hey, who'd you call a monkey, man? You fuck. You fuck with me, you fuck with the best. You see, I don't die. I don't die. My partners and I are very upset, Tony. They found what was under the car. Hey, man, no problem. We do it next month, man. I have to cancel this contract. Hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. But that's the night flyer for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. The Nightfly, the greatest podcast of all time. Let me ask you a question. Where are you ever, ever, anywhere going to hear a podcast where you get emotional about Drew Brees making a record, Derek Jeter getting a 3,000th hit, and then playing the soundtrack of Pretty Woman? Where? I'm asking you. Tell your friends, this podcast rules over everyone else's. It's a fact. When you're in the mood for where you don't know what you're going to get from week to week, this podcast is me for you. tell you that his mother offered to give him toilet paper as they were off to see a Broadway show at dinner. Where are you going to hear a podcast where you play the music of Brian Adams and then try and explain to people that you're still a man after, you know, talking about how great clueless is. <laughs> I dare you. This is my quest for you to find a podcast better than this one, The Nightfly. The Nightfly delivers what it says, jazz and conversation. Really, none of those things. But the point is, people say, what's your podcast about? You tell them when you see them next. It's kind of like Seinfeld. It's, it's really about nothing. And yet, it's about everything. It's about nostalgia, it's about celebrities, it's about real work situations, the real deal. It's about America and Americans and how a fool like William Hiller can fool people into thinking he's not an actual Hitler by taking the T out of his name. What an asshole. Well, that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm off to Los Angeles, and if this is my final podcast, and God forbid something happens, this is the way you'll remember me. It's the way Billy Joel always plays a final song, in case that's the last one he ever records. This one's it. Otherwise, see you next week. 
with tales of Los Angeles. Uh, anything can happen. The land where you can dream, as they say in the, the hit musical, Pretty Woman. And we'll see what happens. To podcast or not to podcast, that is the question. But don't worry. Maybe someday. Maybe around November, December. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get back to normal. Maybe we'll do regular things. But for now, that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. I've had a wonderful time bringing you this podcast tonight. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel like there's somebody out there like me who enjoys the same things I do. I love to laugh. I love to cry. But I love this country. And I love... I don't know, movies and shit. So, it's awesome. Good night, everybody. I'll see you next week on the podcast. I want everybody to have an amazing week in the best month of the year, October. Have a beautiful fall week. Good night, everybody. I'll see you next time. The Nightfly. Signing off.